You must show up and lead with a willingness to be truly humble and a servant of your company, of the greater good. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Number eight in the major attributes of leadership. Eight, sympathy and understanding. The successful leader must be in sympathy with his followers. Moreover, he must understand them and their problems. Now, this is so important, and I will raise my hand to still being in process on this one. Actually, all of these, right? You're always bettering your best, so I will say that I'm in process on all of them, but I will tell you that for the longest time, I thought everyone needed to be like a little mini-me, on my team. And that is a recipe for disaster. Because if everyone is like you, they're going to be good at doing the things that you're good at and not good at doing the things that you need help with doing. So you need to have different personalities on your team. And you have to have an understanding of human psychology and how other people work in order to run a successful organization. And of course, there is nuance here because just being sympathetic and understanding is not alone gonna do things to help you be successful and a good leader. Uh, You know, it does help, but if you go too far in that direction, then you're just commiserating with everyone and you're not, you know, driving the, the initiatives forward. You don't want it to be a gossip session or a a complaint session or just a chit chat session every morning when you start work. But a certain amount of compassion and, and understanding is very useful. Knowing how to motivate people and how other people work and get things done and knowing when, when you need to let them go run and do things on their own and when they need support, when they need to be part of a conversation and and part of a team and when they need to be in research mode and get shit done mode and when they need to talk something out or or when they start losing momentum how to help them find initiative again you need to be great at human psychology okay so part of this is learned through leading right through the experience and part of it is um study and studying human beings. And I would encourage you to study how human beings are motivated and what motivates them. This training, this Think and Grow Rich training is a great compendium for understanding human nature. And so I would study this and think about how you and other people around you work with all of these different ideas and and really articulate the differences for yourself so that you know that everyone is not the same and you treat people with respect and you get them motivated in the the ways they need to be motivated. Also, if you are leading teams, it's really useful to have them do personality assessments that help you understand how they are motivated and what moves them forward, like the Colby assessment 
to name one. There's the Gallup Strength Finder. There's the Myers-Briggs test. There's lots of different tests out there. So lots of good things that you can use out there to help you understand your team members. Let's get started with number nine in this list of major attributes of leadership in the chapter on organized planning. So number nine says mastery of detail. Successful leadership calls for mastery of details of the leader's position. Oh, very good. So you need to have a detailed understanding and a mastery of the details of your position, not of every last little thing in your organization. Now, if you're just starting off and you're doing everything, then yes, you need to have the mastery of detail of all those things. But very quickly, you must hire people to help you and let them have the mastery of detail over that while you have the mastery of detail over your position. Now, here's the rub. Most people do not have an accurate idea of what their position is. They want to be further along than they are, not far as far along the as they are. Let me explain. So if you've just hired someone to do something and you you want that to mean, oh, that's no longer my job. I don't have to do it at all. I abdicate full responsibility here. Go run with this. I'm never looking at it again. That is an abdication of your responsibility and the details of your position. Because you, when you fire yourself up, you still have the responsibility in that new position of managing the person who's backfilling the job that you were doing. So you must have the mastery of detail of that management position, which requires you to know and oversee some of the details that you've just left behind. So if you just abdicate there, oh, that's not my job you are falling down as a leader, okay? The other thing that happens is the flip side, which is saying, I fired myself up, but I'm not gonna let go of any of this responsibility. That doesn't work either. You must let go of some of the details. You you cannot actually move forward and grow and become more and scale your business if you require that you double check everything, that you do everything, that you've got your hands in everything. You must figure out a system for releasing that from your responsibility more and more and more. That has to be part of the fire yourself up process. Okay, so that is mastery of detail. Where do you rank on mastery of detail? Scale of one to 10. Are you a 10 at knowing your role and mastering the level of detail at that role? Or do you sometimes err in the side of holding on to too much detail or letting go of too much detail? Next up is number 10 in the list of attributes of major leadership. And this is one that I've had to work on quite a bit and still occasionally find myself having to work on. It is such a Uh, it's such a big deal. It's such a transition that you must make. So number 10 says willingness to assume full responsibility. Did you hear that? Full responsibility. The successful leader must be willing to assume responsibility for the mistakes and the shortcomings of his followers. That means the people who are working 
on your team. If he tries to shift this responsibility, he will not remain the leader. If one of his followers makes a mistake and shows himself incompetent, the leader must consider that it is he who failed. This is so critical and yet so challenging to do. If someone on your team, you know, writes back to a customer in a way that you wouldn't have even dreamed of writing back or drops the ball in terms of something to do with a client or some process in your system or some deliverable that didn't get finished. Mistakes get made all the time. Are you going to be someone who says to the client, oh, that was Josie's fault. I'll figure out what happened. No, 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 no. You just say, looks like we have to clean something up. Let me go figure it out. I'll get right back to you. I'm sorry that happened. Okay. You take full responsibility. It's my business. I'm responsible. And then you don't flagellate the person. Solve for the problem. Was it a communication issue? Did they not have the information that they needed? Was it a systems issue? The system wasn't created to make sure that everything went as planned. Or was it a detail issue? Is the person not paying enough attention? Have you given this person enough chances, but they still haven't mastered this particular situation? In which case, it's still your responsibility to find someone else for this role. It is your responsibility as the leader. Take that responsibility. The more personal responsibility you take, the faster you can grow your business, the bigger your team is going to be, the more respect that they have for you, the harder they'll work for you. Never forget that. So today, can you name one place where you really wanted to blame someone else and clean that up and take 100% personal responsibility? That's the way to become a leader and to become the person who has the business, who receives the incredible revenue. We're going to take a quick pause in the teaching to tell you about the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, a powerful way to scale up and create consistent cash flow in your life and your business. We'll come right back to the teaching in less than a minute, so stick with us. The Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit is a three-day virtual event designed to help you break through your subconscious blocks and self-sabotaging behavior that keeps you playing small and not consistently making the money you desire or achieving your big goals and delightful life. This is what I had to do when I made my big quantum leap, going from making 138 to 700K in one year then crossing the seven-figure mark. It's time for you to do the same thing. Eliminate the confusion, master your mindset, and get the exact methodology required to scale up your business and your life. Go to theunstoppablewoman.com slash summit to grab your ticket now before we sell out. I can't wait to help you experience a true income breakthrough as well. I'll see you there now. We'll get back to the teaching. Let's get started with number 11 in the list of major attributes of leadership 
in the chapter on organized planning. Last and final point in this list is number 11, cooperation. The successful leader must understand and apply the principle of cooperative effort and be able to induce his followers to do the same. Leadership calls for power and power calls for cooperation. Hey, you guys, we're in this together. If the business, if the enterprise is going to succeed, we're in this together. You're not going to do it by yourself. You're not going to do it alone. So if you are just ruling with an iron fist, saying my way or the highway, you're not inducing cooperation and the enthusiastic following of the people working for you, you are making things much harder than they need to be. You must learn how to get people on board with your ideas, cooperating, moving in the same and right direction, which means that sometimes you have to compromise. You have to cooperate with others. You have to let other people learn their lessons on their own, grow on their own, make mistakes on their own. Your leadership team needs the bandwidth to do that. Are you going to cooperate with the processes of life, of growth, that everyone wants more life? Or are you going to force people into a very limited box and not let them grow into their more life. You must be a leader that allows other people to have their growth, their life, and you must cooperate with that directive. So that's my question for you today. How can you cooperate with the more life directive of the folks on your team? If there is someone that you are challenged with in particular right now on your team, what is their more life directive? What do they want more of? And how could you cooperate with that? And let's jump in here. Hill says there are two forms of leadership. The first and by far the most effective is leadership of consent of and with the sympathy of the followers. So those would be the people on your team, your employees, your staff, um, your contractors. The second is leadership by force without the consent and sympathy of the followers. So, you know, unless you have slave labor, then you have consent, but they might just be consenting through a desire to make a wage, but not consenting in their heart, being fully invested in the company and invested in your leadership, consenting to your leadership. They're doing it under duress. If I have to work for you as a crappy boss, I will because I need this paycheck. That is not true consent. That's not true desire. That's not saying, I admire your leadership. I admire where you're going in this world. I love the initiative of this company. I love our mission. I'm 100% behind it, okay? That's consent. That's the kind of consent that you are looking for. And when you have that kind of consent, it is a result of being a great leader. 
And one of the things that I'm often coaching my clients on, and you may hear this in some of our coaching uncut episodes, that's a series on the podcast that we we have where I record coaching calls with some of my clients to share these with the larger population in public so that people can learn right along with them and have a greater understanding of what it's like to step forward in growth within uh, your business working with a coach. So that's the backstory on that. And the reason I bring that up is because so often I'm talking to my clients about how to talk to contractors, talk to team members, talk to people that they are dealing with, other people, communication uh, issues and challenges in a way that is not belligerent or disrespectful or fear-based, meaning I'm going to lose control. I need to step forward with this righteous, harsh attitude and be a firm, directive leader. And, and yes, you need to be a good leader. You need to make clear decisions. You need to have confidence. You need to um, be able to communicate well with clarity. But that said, you don't have to be belligerent and you don't need to push people down or f- use force when unnecessary. And most people are so afraid of being found out as not knowing what they're doing as the boss, that they end up being these kind of little mini tyrants, little mini Napoleons, little mini awful people to to hang out with and work with. And we don't want that. We don't like ourselves when we behave that way. So we need to show up differently. And we need to do that by being the kind of leader who builds respect from their employees, from their team members. And you do that through helping people come on board and be part of the mission. You do it through your confidence. You do it through making good decisions. You do it through being respectful of other people. So for today, ask yourself, is there a way that you're not being respectful of someone on your team? And you'll know it because you'll get that little underbelly hook feeling. This is not being respectful. This is not being honest and true in my communication. Go deal with that and clean up that communication and make sure that you're showing up in full respect for everyone on your team. And if you cannot, there's no way to solve that issue, then you need to let that person go. So now we dive into the 10 major causes of failure in leadership. So you know that you need to be a good leader and how might you be failing? We're going to go through this list in an attempt to point out ways that you can better your best because this is all about incremental yet quick improvements so that you can continue to grow and you can have more life as a result of that. And in case it wasn't obvious. When you have more life, you get to do more, be more, and have more, including that revenue or income or cash flow that you're so looking forward to. Okay. So he says the first point of failure is the inability to organize details. 
Efficient leadership calls for ability to organize and to master details. No genuine leader is ever too busy to do anything that may be required of him in his capacity as leader. When a man, whether he is a leader or a follower, admits that he is too busy to change his plans or to give attention to an, any emergency, he admits his inefficiency. The successful leader must be the master of all details connected to his position. That means, of course, that he must acquire the habit of relegating details to capable lieutenants. So let's start from the top here. The inability to organize details. This is so important. Order is heaven's first law. You must be organized. You must organize your thoughts, your ideas, your tasks, your projects, your day, your time, your emails, your life. If you live in a chaotic environment, whether that's inside your computer and the way your your files are organized or in your home or office, if it's chaotic and you have a mess around you, if you cannot find things easily, you will not be efficient. It seems so obvious, but ordering your steps, your tasks, your days, your life is efficient. Now, sometimes we have to break the rules and let loose, and that's part of life that that adds joy, that adds thrill, that that is part of being an adult is being able to break the rules when you want to. But if you're constantly breaking your own rules and you have no structure, no order, no attention to detail, you will not succeed. You will be caught in a morass of inefficiencies. So, you must be able to organize the details. How are you going to better your best around that? Just one thing that you could do better on that today. Go do it, okay? This stuff pays off if you actually take action on it immediately. Not tomorrow, not when you have enough time, which brings us to the second point in this paragraph, which is when a man, whether he is a leader or a follower, admits that he is, quote, too busy to change his plans. Are you too busy? Have you, have you organized yourself in such a way that you don't have any buffer in your life for the emergencies and the chaos and the stuff that just does happen? It does. Because think about it. If you think that everything is supposed to go off like clockwork, and you don't have buffer in your schedule, you are going to be sorely thrown off kilter because life keeps happening. There are curveballs that happen. You got to be prepared for them. You got to learn how to surf. And one of the ways to learn how to surf, because the waves are going to keep coming, is to have buffer time in your schedule. That allows you to be creative about how you use that time that allows you to adjust for things that took a little bit longer. It allows you to adjust for emergencies and be there as a leader for your team when push comes to shove. So if you haven't set up your life and your business in such a way that you can show up and you're never too busy to show up for what's required, then you have to make an adjustment. You have to look at how you've organized your time and your life 
in your day and your schedule and adjust that. Not enough time mentality, that's a weakness. That is a weakness. Even though in our society, we get all these accolades for being super busy and being someone who's always busy. Well, yeah, we want to be engaged with life, but you never want to be so busy that you cannot show up for your team, your company, your business, your family, your life. What is super important to you? You create the time. We are in the 10 major causes of failure in leadership. So listen up. These are great places where you can better your best. Okay. So each day as we go through these, think of one way you can better your best on this point and you will be soaring. You will be going by leaps and bounds forward. Okay. But you have to take the step. You have to better your best. Okay, so it's not just about listening, it's about acting. You must do that. And you could make this section a section that you come back to early and often. Is that the expression? You can re-listen to these every month or so and say, okay, how could I better my best on all of these? So just a little tip there. It doesn't stop. You have to be unstoppable around all of these points. So the next point is unwillingness to render humble service. Truly great leaders are willing when occasion demands to perform any sort of labor which they would ask another to perform. The greatest among ye shall be the servant of all is a truth which all able leaders observe and respect. This is such a truth. Do not stand on ceremony. Are you saying you're too good for that? Now, there's a nuance here. You want to fire yourself up. You want to outgrow the position you're in and delegate it to people who can run with it better than you ran with it yourself, okay? So that you're freed up to do bigger and bigger things. That said, if you need to fill the gap, do not stand on ceremony. Do not be entitled. Do not say, that's not my job. It is your job as a great leader You must be willing and able to do anything required of you and not be quote unquote too good for that. Now you don't want to make a habit of doing other people's jobs because then you're going to be in the morass, right? But when push comes to shove, of course you'll do it. Of course you will. Now, some things you won't have the expertise on anymore because you will have hired people and you will have never learned how to do something new in your business. That's fine. You figure out a way to get that problem solved, okay? You do the research. Google is your friend. You call on the people. You organize the required solutions. If you can't do it yourself, you figure out who can. You're never too busy, okay? Or too good for something. You must show up and lead with a willingness to be truly humble and a servant of your company, of the greater good. And to be able to render humble service, meaning service that you might not get credit for, service that might be in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. when nobody's watching. How do you show up? Do you show up in resentment? Do you show up complaining? Or do you show up saying, this is my job. I've got this. You betcha. Here we go. Let's go. 
So with that, where do you need to show up with that can do, I got this attitude in your business that you may not have been showing up in already? Where can you offer a helping hand to someone on your team? Where can you be of service to your company, to your cause, to the people that work for you? For the bonus content of this episode of Thinking Yourself into Exponential Success, I want to go back to something I said at the beginning of the episode about leadership and team, specifically not just hiring mini-me's. So what does this mean? Obviously, in business, there are different roles and responsibilities. Not everyone on your team, whether that is your business, your empire, your uh, division within corporate, not everyone on your team is going to have the same role and the same responsibilities. Different roles and responsibilities come with a different required skill set. And you need to recognize that and not just hire people that are just like you who maybe aren't so good at that skill set or don't like doing that aspect of the the job. It doesn't thrill them. You, You can do it. You will do it because you're dedicated, but you're not the best at it. And if you just hire people exactly like you, you are going to get a company that's very good in certain places and not so good in other places. And this is a matter of honesty and transparency with yourself because you you probably are excellent at a lot of things and that has you thinking that you can do everything and you are great at everything, but that's just not the truth. None of us are great at everything. Now, if you have extreme work ethic and you really are committed, you probably could figure out just about anything in your business, but that doesn't mean that your uh character traits, your skill sets, your communication style, your work style is the best suited for that particular task or role or responsibility. So the first thing that you need to look at here is is what aspects of how you show up are critical to the company in general, overall. What what are the culture fits that you're looking for? For us at The Unstoppable Woman, it's excellence, being results driven, being agile, being uh, persistent. There are a lot of um, very key things that I'm looking for because we have a startup-like environment, you know, not completely, it's not complete startup, but we move very quickly and it's not an IBM or a General Mills, some company that's been along, uh, around for a long time with um, a huge you know, operating systems that you have to follow and things like that. So we need people who are fine with that level of agility and flexibility. That's part of our culture right now. That's just one example. What aspects of the way you show up and work need to be part of the culture that you are creating, whether that's within your company or within your division or group in corporate. Okay. And then You want to look at whether the person you're hiring is reporting directly to you or 
to someone else. And generally speaking, there are culture fits that you need throughout the organization. And if you're leading the way in the hiring, you are going to be creating a great culture. That is, if you've got your mindset right and you are showing up with 100% personal responsibility and you're really creating an amazing place to work, you will attract people like that. Now, I look for, there are, let me back up a second. If someone is reporting directly to me, they need to be agile enough and a quick start enough to deal with my level of quick start. So if you don't know the concept of quick start, you're going to want to go check out colby.com, K-O-L-B-E.com. She has a very thorough assessment that you can take and it will identify a variety of different aspects of your personality and how you work your work style. And one of them is whether you're a quick start. Most entrepreneurs have a high quick start factor. They rank nine or 10 on the quick start level. And so if I hire someone that is a four on the quick start level, we're going to have conflict because I'm going to want them to work much quicker and, and not quote unquote, overthink something than they're comfortable doing. But if I have a research role, they need to be able to, or a systems and a, you know, someone who's, who's creating operational systems, they're going to need to have more methodicalness and less of that quick start. But they cannot necessarily report directly to me. We need a buffer place in a person that buffers us in between. Otherwise, we will drive each other crazy. So I'm always looking for, with my direct reports, people that have enough of that quick start agility piece. So you're going to want to do the same for you. They're not mini me's, but they have an aspect of that in them. They probably have more of the follow through and the methodicalness than I do And therefore, the people that they hire beneath them will be great for those roles and responsibilities that require even more uh, methodicalness. Okay, with that, rock it out, be unstoppable, be a great leader, and take it to the next level.